Chapter sixty four of the Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Proust. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter sixty four. On the eighteenth day of Paofi chaos had begun communication was interrupted between lower and upper egypt commerce had ceased on the nile moved only boats on guard the roads were occupied by troops marching toward those cities which contained the most famous temples only the laborers of the priests were at work in the fields on the estates of nobles and nomarchs but especially of the pharaoh flax was unpulled clover uncut there was no one to gather in grapes the common people did nothing but prowl about in bands they sang ate drank and threatened either priests or phoenicians in the cities all shops were closed and the artisans who had lost their occupation counseled whole days over the reconstruction of egypt this offensive spectacle was no novelty but it appeared in such threatening proportions that the tax-gatherers and even the judges began to hide especially as the police treated all offences of common men very mildly one thing more deserved attention the abundance of food and wine in dram shops and cook-houses especially of the phoenicians as well as in memphis as in the provinces whoso wished might eat and drink what he pleased at a very low price or for nothing it was said that his holiness was giving his people a feast which would continue a whole month in every case because of difficult and even interrupted communication the cities were not aware of what was happening in neighboring places only the pharaoh or still better the priests knew the great condition of the country the position was distinguished first of all by a break between upper or theban and lower or memphian egypt in Thebes, partisans of the priesthood were stronger. In Memphis, adherents of the pharaoh. In Thebes, people said that Ramesses Thirteenth had gone mad and wished to sell Egypt to Phoenicians. In Memphis, they explained that the priests wished to poison the pharaoh and bring in Assyrians. The common people, as well in the north as the south, felt an instinctive attraction toward the pharaoh, but the force of the people was passive and tottering. When an agitator of the government spoke, the people were ready to attack a temple and beat priests, but when a procession appeared, they fell on their faces and were timid, while listening to accounts of disasters which threatened Egypt in that very month of Paofi. The terrified nobles and nomarchs had assembled at Memphis to implore the pharaoh for rescue from the rebelling multitude, but since Ramesses enjoined on them patience and did not attack the rabble, the magnates began to take counsel with the adherents of the priesthood it is true that herhor was silent or enjoined patience also but other high priests proved to the nobles that rameses was a maniac and hinted at the need of deposing him in memphis itself two parties were facing each other the godless who drank made an uproar threw mud at temples and even at statues and the pious mainly old men and women 
who prayed on the streets prophesied misfortune aloud and implored all the divinities for rescue the godless committed outrages daily each day among the pious health returned to some sick man or cripple but for a wonder neither party in spite of roused passions worked harm on the other and still greater wonder neither party resorted to violence which came from this that each was disturbed by direction and according to plans framed in higher circles the pharaoh not having collected all his troops and all his proofs against the priests did not give the order yet for a final attack on the temples the priests seemed waiting for something it was evident however that they did not feel so weak as in the first moments after the voting by delegates Ramesses himself became thoughtful when men reported from every side that people on the lands of the priests did not mix in disturbances at all but were working what does this mean asked the pharaoh of himself do the shaven heads think that i dare not touch temples or have they means of defence quite unknown to me on the nineteenth of paofi a police official informed rameses that the night before people had begun to break the walls enclosing the temple of horus did ye command them to do that inquired the pharaoh no they began of their own accord restrain them mildly restrain them said rameses in a few days they may do what they like but now let them not act with great violence rameses as a leader and victor at the soda lakes knew that once men attack in a multitude nothing has power to restrain them they must break or be broken unless the temples defend themselves the multitude will take them but if they defend themselves in that case the people will flee and there will be need to send warriors of whom there were many it is true but not so many as would be needed according to the pharaoh's own reckoning moreover hiram had not returned from pi bast yet with letters proving the treason of mefres and herhor and what was more important the priests who sided with the pharaoh were to assist the troops only on paofi the twenty-third by what means then could he forewarn them in temples which were so numerous and so distant from one another and did not caution itself command him to avoid relations which might betray them for these reasons rameses did not wish an earlier attack on the temples meanwhile the disturbance increased in spite of the pharaoh near the temple of isis a number of pious persons were slain who predicted misfortune to egypt or who had recovered their health by a miracle near the temple of Ptah, the multitude rushed on a procession struck down the priests and broke the holy boat in which the god was advancing almost at the same time messengers flew in from the cities of sokum and anu with news that people were breaking into the temples and that in cherau they had even broken in and desecrated the most holy places toward evening a deputation of priests came almost by stealth to the palace of his holiness the revered prophets fell at his feet weeping crying out to him to defend the gods and their sanctuaries this altogether unexpected event filled the heart of rameses with great delight and still greater pride he commanded the delegates to rise and answered graciously that his regiments would be always ready to defend the temples when conducted into them i have no doubt said he 
that the rioters themselves will withdraw when they see the dwellings of the gods occupied by the army the delegates hesitated it is known to thee holiness answered the chief that the army may not enter the enclosure of a temple we must ask therefore what the high priests have to say very well take counsel answered the sovereign i cannot perform miracles and i cannot defend temples from a distance the saddened delegates left the pharaoh who after their departure summoned a confidential council he was convinced that the priests would yield to his will and it did not even occur to him that the delegation itself was a trick arranged by herhor to lead him into error when the civil and military officials had assembled in the pharaoh's chamber rameses began i thought said he proudly to occupy the temples of memphis only on the twenty-third but i consider it better to do so to-morrow our troops have not assembled yet objected tutmosis and we have not herhor's letters to assyria added the chief scribe never mind answered the pharaoh proclaim to-morrow that herhor and mefres are traitors and we will show the nomarchs and priests the proofs three days later when hiram returns from Pibas to us thy new command holiness will change the first one greatly said tutmosis we shall not occupy the labyrinth to-morrow if the temples in memphis make bold to resist we have not even rams to break down the gates tutmosis answered the pharaoh i ought not explain my commands but i wish to convince thee that my heart estimates the course of events more profoundly if people attack the temples to-day they will wish to break into them to-morrow unless we support them they will be repulsed and will be discouraged in every case from deeds of daring the priests send a delegation to-day hence they are weak meanwhile the number of their adherents among the common people may be greater some days hence enthusiasm and fear are like wine in a pitcher it decreases in proportion as it is poured out and only he can drink who puts his goblet under in season if the people are ready to attack to-day and the enemy is frightened let us make use of the situation for as i say luck may leave us in a few days or may turn against us and provisions will be exhausted added the treasurer in three days the people must return to work for we shall not have the wherewithal to feed them oh cease thou continued the pharaoh to tutmosis i myself have commanded the chief of police to restrain the people but it is impossible to restrain them we must make a movement an experienced sailor struggles neither with wind nor current but he lets them bear him in the direction which they have taken at this moment a courier came in with news that the people had fallen upon foreigners they had assaulted greeks assyrians but especially phoenicians they had plundered many shops and slain a number of persons here is proof cried the excited pharaoh that we should not turn a crowd from the road it has taken let the troops be near the temples to-morrow and let them march in if the people begin to burst into them or or if they begin to withdraw under pressure it is true that grapes should be gathered in the month paofi but is there a gardener who if his fruit were ripe a month earlier would leave it on the vines to wither i repeat this 
I wished to delay the movement of the people till we had finished preparations But if it is impossible to delay let us raise our sails and use the wind which is blowing You must arrest Herhor and Mefres tomorrow and bring them to the palace in a few days We will finish with the labyrinth the members of the council recognized that the decision of the pharaoh was proper and they departed admiring his promptness and wisdom even generals declared that it was better to use the occasion at hand than to have forces ready when the time had passed in which to use them it was night another courier rushed in from memphis with information that the police had been able to protect foreigners but that the people were excited and it was unknown what they might attempt on the morrow thenceforth courier arrived after courier some brought news that a great mass of men armed with clubs and axes were moving toward memphis from every direction from somewhere else information came that people in the region of peen Sokum, and on were fleeing to the fields and crying that the end of the world would come the day following another courier brought a letter from hiram that he would arrive very soon another announced the stealthy advance of temple regiments to memphis and what was more important that from upper egypt were moving strong divisions of people and troops hostile to the phoenicians and even to his holiness before they arrive thought the pharaoh i shall have the high priests in my hands and even the regiments of nitaja now some days late in arriving finally information was brought that troops had seized here and there on the highways disguised priests who were trying to reach the palace of his holiness no doubt with evil purpose bring them here answered rameses laughing i wish to see men who dare to form evil plans against the pharaoh about midnight the revered queen nicotris desired an audience with his holiness the worthy lady was pale and trembling she commanded the officers to leave the pharaoh's chamber and when alone with her son she said weeping my son i bring thee very bad omens i should prefer queen to hear accurate information of the strength and intention of my enemies this evening the statue of the divine isis in my chapel turned its face to the wall and water became blood-red in the sacred cistern that proves replied the pharaoh that there are traitors in the palace but they are not very dangerous if they are able only to defile water and turn statues back forward all our servants continued the queen all the people are convinced that if thy army enters the temples great misfortune will fall upon egypt a greater misfortune said the pharaoh is the insolence of the priesthood admitted by my ever-living father to the palace they think to-day that they have become its owners but by the gods what shall i become at last in presence of their almightiness and shall i not be free to claim my rights as a sovereign at least at least said the lady after a while be gracious yes thou must claim thy rights but do not permit thy soldiers to violate holy places and do injustice to the priesthood remember that the gracious gods send down delight on egypt and the priests in spite of their errors who is without them have rendered incomparable services to this country only think if thou shouldest impoverish and dismiss them thou wouldst destroy wisdom which has raised our kingdom above all others the pharaoh took his mother by both hands kissed her 
and replied saying women must always exaggerate thou art speaking to me mother as if i were the chief of wild hyksos and not a pharaoh do i wish injustice to the priests do i hate their wisdom even such barren wisdom as that of investing the course of the stars which move in the heaven without our aid and do not enrich us one newton neither their wisdom nor their piety troubles me but the wretchedness of egypt which within is growing weak from hunger and without is afraid of any threat from assyria meanwhile the priests in spite of their wisdom not merely do not wish to help me in my measures but they present resistance in the most dangerous manner let me mother convince them that not they but i am the master of my own heritage i should not be able to take revenge on the submissive but i will trample on the necks of the insolent they know this but still do not trust and with a lack of real power they wish to frighten me by declaring some misfortune that is their last resource and weapon when they understand that i do not fear their terrors they will submit and then not a stone will fall from their temples or one ring be lost from their treasures i know those men today they put on a great front for i am far from them but when i stretch out a bronze fist they will fall on their faces and all this confusion will end in general prosperity and contentment the queen embraced his feet and went out comforted imploring him however to respect the gods and spare their servants after the departure of his mother he summoned tutmosis tomorrow said the pharaoh my troops will occupy the temples but tell the commanders of regiments let them know that it is my will that the holy places must be inviolate and that no one is to raise a hand on any priest in egypt even on mefres and herhor inquired tutmosis even on them they will be punished enough when they are put out of their present positions they will live in learned temples to pray and investigate wisdom without hindrance it will be as thou commandest holiness though Ramses raised his finger in sign that he did not wish to hear arguments and then to change the conversation He said with a smile dost thou remember Tutmosis the maneuvers at Pi Balos two years have passed when I was angry then at the insolence and greed of the priests Couldst thou think that I should reckon with them so early? But poor Sarah and my little son how beautiful he was two tears rolled down the Pharaoh's cheeks indeed if i were not a son of the gods who are magnanimous and merciful my enemies will pass through grievous hours tomorrow how many humiliations have they put on me how often have my eyes grown dark from weeping End of chapter sixty four